Welcome to the podcast with a purpose with information and content meant to motivate, aspire and inspire you from romance author and host Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call her my welcome to an experience. This is the Purple Charm Experience. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Proper Charm Experience Podcast. I am your fabulous host, Chamira E. Fleming, but you can call me my. It is such a pleasure to be back with you today. Um, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're coming back for more, I just want to say thank you for joining me again. And I hope that you find something that is within this podcast that uh, motivates you to aspire to your greatness and inspire many along the way. So with that being said, each and every episode, I like to kick it off with a motivational quote. Um something to give us all a little motivation, that little nudge that we need to do more, to be more, and um, give us something to aspire to within our own lives and to be an inspiration um, to someone else. And so on this episode, this week's episode, I wanted to start not only by sharing, you know, my typical motivational quote, but I also wanted to lead off with an affirmation. And if you follow my Instagram page um, or any of my social media pages, uh, uh, whether that's Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram, then you know that I share not only a motivational quote, but I also share a daily affirmation. And so today I wanted to share one that has been on my mind, you know, for this episode. And I wanted to share with you all because um, I feel like, uh, you know, every now and then you need a little affirmation to, to to get you going and to keep you on the right path. So with that said, today, the affirmation that I wanted to share is I am constantly growing and evolving into a better person. I'm going to say that again. I am constantly growing and evolving into a better person. I'm going to sit with that for just a moment and let it sink in for just a second. I shared this particular affirmation with you all today because as I read it and I say it as I affirm my own self and my own growth and evolution as an individual, I wanted to couple this particular affirmation with a quote um, by the amazing Dr. Nita Cobain, who is the um, chancellor of uh, High Point University, my alma mater. And um, he has this amazing quote uh, that says, make education 
a continuing, never-ending process. And if you've listened to my podcast and, you know, previous episodes, you know, I always talk about being a lifelong learner. I always talk about opportunities to, you know, grow, to um, expand your knowledge, um, particularly as you get older. You don't want to become complacent in where you are and think that you know all there is to know about life, about everything that you have come in contact with in your life. Like you want to keep pushing the bar, keep pushing to grow so that you are, um, you just don't come complacent in, in your, in your life's journey. And so for me, you know, I, I, all, I'm always trying to read new articles, um, take new classes, no matter what it is, whatever subject that interests me, I'm, I'm constantly interested in finding out more information so that I'm, I don't get left behind. And I think that's part of the evolution and the growth of us becoming better people is expanding our knowledge, um, continuing to educate ourselves, continuing to uh, surround ourselves with people who are knowledgeable, who push us to be to challenge who we are as people to become better people. You know, um, there's so much more to life than, you know, what you know, <laughs> what you think you know. And we can learn so much more if we take the approach of being lifelong learners. You know, the world doesn't stop just because you get a degree or because you graduate or you get that that job that you always wanted. The concepts that you learn are constantly growing and evolving. Therefore, it's important for us to grow and evolve with them and remain curious, you know, like children are curious to understand and to learn. I think if we were more curious about each other and the things uh, that we go through in life and how we, how our experiences and our perspectives shape who we are as people, I think we would be a much better place as a people too, because we will be expanding that growth, expanding our evolution as people to understand one another. And, you know, being curious has its, its peaks and valleys because there's things about your curiosity that makes you vulnerable to life and um sometimes we're we're you know we're ignorant to the things that we don't know but once you do know you have to do better and once you do better you can become better and i just say in your your own journey your own personal journeys to becoming to evolving to growing to become better people 
Um, I wish you luck. I wish you, um, you know, that positivity that comes with it and that you remain curious enough to want to find out more, to want to be better and to push yourself outside of your comfort zones because Lord knows I'm trying to. And I think if we do it together, um, we can make this world such a much better place. Yeah, I become a better people at together. So I say all that to say that I hope that this week's affirmation, as well as its motivational quote, um, cause you, gives you some, a, a reason to, to dig a little bit deeper, to become a, a better person, whether it's through, uh, expanding your knowledge, um, you know, being able to connect with someone else and understand them different perspectives, um, learning and growing from other people's experiences as well as your own. And then digging deep to read and, and, and grow along with various concepts so that you are definitely growing and evolving as a, as a person. And I promise I will do the same. All right, everyone. It is spooky season. (laughs) This is probably, I think it's probably one of my favorite holidays of the year because we're getting into the end of the year, which I've already explained to everyone that I particularly love uh, from my son's birthday day in September all the way through the new year because it's so many fun things happening. My son's birthday, my birthday, um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, my youngest son's birthday, and then New Year's. And so there's so much to celebrate. And so I have so much to be thankful for and so much to be happy about to celebrate that. You know, I've always loved this time of the year since I was a, a young a little kid. And so with that being said, you all know I have to give you a sip. So um we are in the fun season of the sips right now. Um I am pretty much uh I'm still having my wine sips. So you guys know I, I definitely still sip my wines and I've had some really really great um Moscatos, which I'm not a, a huge Moscato fan, but I found some really great sparkly um, Moscatos that I will likely share in a blog post in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. I'll share that when um, I do write them. I'll share uh, the information on how you can read about them um, in a future episode. But for this episode... I have a really great cocktail for you. So everybody's getting ready for the Halloween and I have the perfect spooky cocktail for you to enjoy while you're either watching your favorite Halloween movies or hanging out with friends at your next Halloween costume party. And, you know, I know most people don't like to get into, don't like candy corn, but, 
I, I actually like candy corn. I can only eat a few of them because they're so sweet to me, but I do like them. I'm not one of those people that can't stand candy corn. But um, so I found a really great candy corn martini and it requires uh, the following ingredients. One, one half ounce of coffee flavored liqueur one one half ounce of chocolate white chocolate liqueur and one ounce orange flavored and colored vodka such as um like triple sec or something like that and then uh one half ounce of triple sec excuse me and then you Put it into a martini glass, pour the liqueurs in the listed order that I just stated and over the backside of a spoon. And it gives you this really cool layered um, martini. Um, It looks just like uh, a candy corn. And so I have not tried it yet, but these are like some of the martini, I mean, the cocktails that I'm going to be trying over the next weekend to get ready for the Halloween. So that's one. And then I have another one called Red Devil. And this one calls for one one half ounce of vodka, one one half ounce of peach schnapps, one one half ounce of Southern Comfort, one one half ounce of gin, two ounces of triple set, two ounces of orange juice and grenadine. And you mix all the alcohols into a ice filled cocktail shaker and then you add the juice and grenadine and shake. And then you serve in a 10 to 12 ounce glass. It'd be really cool if you have like those really pretty uh, um, glasses that kind of look like a bowl. And you pour it up in that, serve it up. And there you have it, the Red Devil. So I hope that if you are getting ready to enjoy for uh, the you know, the Halloween season and you get ready to go out to your parties and you want to, you know, (laughs) pregame, turn up a little bit. Um, These are two great uh, cocktails that I highly recommend. Like I said, I'm going to be trying the candy corn one. I have not tasted that one yet, but um, I definitely will be trying them in the coming weeks, Um, probably this weekend just to get ready for the, uh, for Halloween. So candy corn martini and the red devil. Um, please, if you check them out, let me know what your thoughts are. If you like them. Um, and if you have any suggestions, please feel free to shoot me, um, a comment or email and let me know what your thoughts are. I highly, you know, I'm, I'm highly engaging with <laughs> folks when you email me. So please feel free to share. And um, yeah, and while you're at it, make sure that you drink responsibly always. And I will be back with two more wonderful cocktails for you for next time. So hope you enjoy it. Okay, so we're back with Ask the Author, and this week I don't have a 
special guest for you, which is okay, um, because I really want to reflect on some of the things that I've learned from uh, some of my amazing special guest authors that came on and shared their journeys on the Ask the Author segment. And I just want to encourage you, if you have not listened to or watched their episodes, please go and check them out. Um, They dropped some really great information, some jewels and gems, as my buddy uh, Aaron Dante loves to say. Uh, They just were phenomenal. And I can't thank each of them enough for coming on and blessing my blessing my podcast. And so with that said, I just want to take a few minutes and, and talk a little bit about some of the things that I learned from each of them. And I want to start off with uh, Mr. Lynn Hyde, who came on to the podcast. And his episode is episode uh, number five of this season. And one of the things that stuck with me um, and when I was reflecting on my conversation with him, I thought about, as he spoke, uh, the reason why he wrote his story, it, it made me think about telling the story that's in your heart. That's what came to me. And if you listen to our podcast episode, he talks about how he had this idea for his book, uh, Back to Dixie since the 1990s and and that it wasn't until the COVID pandemic hit that he actually began to really seriously think about bringing this book to life. And, you know, sometimes it takes uh, a moment in, in your life or something that's happening that really kickstarts you into doing the thing that you've been putting off for so long. And I think this story was one that needed to be told. Um, It is one that is so relevant to today with everything that was going on in the political climate that we're dealing with right now. So I would highly recommend for you to pick it up, share it with friends and family because it's it's an amazing story. Um, And he did such a great job. I, I actually can... You know, you it reads like a movie. Many of the stories that uh, that my guests have created have stories that reads like movies, and that's another thing that I, I take away from all of them is that being able to write in such a way that uh, transcends the pages of the book and actually that can be transitioned to to the, the bit screen. Um, but I say all that to say is that, you know, his journey and his experiences motivated and it motivated me, it, it motivates me and motivated me and inspires me to tell all of the stories that are in my heart, no matter how long it will take me to get it out. And, you know, if you're someone who have been thinking about creating a story, writing a story, you're, just remember, your story is worth telling and someone is willing to read it. And so it, it doesn't matter how long it takes, just tell the story that's in your heart. And I thank Mr. Lynn Hyde for um, 
leaving me with that lesson um, from our conversation. So moving on, um, one of my, all of them are really like special to me, but I think this one was uh, this conversation that I had with uh, Mrs. J.C. Moore on episode seven of the podcast. She just really gripped me. She is such a force. She's a phenomenal person. And um, the thing that stuck with me, it was a lot of like, she gave me so much, you know, to take with me. Um, I feel like she's like one of those people you just need to sit her hand at her knees and just just listen. Like you don't want to say anything. You just want to absorb what she has to say. Um, that's the vibe that I got from her. And, you know, honestly, I can't wait to meet, hopefully, you know, if life allows it, we've crossed these paths. I I pray to God that I get a chance to meet these people in person because, um, it, you know, you just don't realize the kind of impact people have on you until you start having conversations with them and connecting with them, you know, in a personal way. And I feel like, Miss J.C. Moore is one of those people that, you know, you just gotta, you gotta meet them. You gotta meet her in person, you know, and, and really feel, uh, her essence, her vibe and what she's, what she's, uh, communicating whenever she's discussing these various topics that are very, very deep topics. They're not topics that you just gloss over. But anyway, I say all that to say the thing that stuck with me with her in addition to what I just said, is that she made me realize that I need to be willing to take risks as I explore my storytelling. Um, I also felt like I have to be willing to challenge myself to write about the uncomfortable stories that push me to grow and evolve as a writer <laughs> from another another way of you know bringing in the message from earlier from the 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 my quote of the day and the affirmation is being able to push through my growth and evolution as a writer to become a better person and challenging myself in and through the writing and the reader as well so again, and just to put it out there as not just for me, but I'm just going to say this again, not just for me, but for those of us, those of you who may be seeking to write as well, I'm going to put this in terms so that you can get this too. So put it where the goats can get it. So you can, you can take this with you too. Be willing to take risks as you explore your story, storytelling and challenge yourself to write about uncomfortable stories that push your growth and evolution as a writer and challenges the reader as well. That's what, that's the message and the lesson that I got from JC Moore. JC, like I said earlier, JC is a phenomenal force and her, to me, her writing is not monolithic. And I learned that she has the ability to write with a fluidity and a genre and any genre that she chooses you know, however, uh, what moves me about her is her connection to 
her literary activism as she writes as well. She pushes me to want to be and do more with my storytelling and be willing to be uncomfortable, but to tell it, you know, even though it may be uncomfortable, but realistic. Again, to be willing to tell uncomfortable but realistic stories rooted in history and activism. You know, I just, I love her dearly. I love her mind and how connected she is to our ancestry. And so um, I take that with me as I reflect on what she left with me through our conversation. Now, next we have Mr. Brandon Massey, and he was on episode 13 of the podcast this season, and Brandon is amazing. Let me just tell you, he's just amazing. He's he's one of those people, if you ask him, he is willing to share his knowledge, you know, his journey, what he's learned, his lesson learned, how he's done what he's done to to get better with his craft. And I appreciate that. The thing that I learned from him is to have a distinctive focus on your craft. Be dedicated. Dedicate yourself to honing your skills and practicing this skill every single day to advance, again, your evolution and growth as a writer. Be prolific in that quest and seek to connect with writers who are as successful who are successful as your mentors. And so, you know, I just really appreciated listening to him, you know, being a young writer and reaching out to authors that he he aspired to be like the ones that he looked up to as his his writer writing mentors and you know, I really did appreciate him giving me advice on how to take my writing to the next level, how to navigate this space, whether you're traditionally published or whether or not you are self-published or you doing both, which he is, he can and has. And I appreciate that because a lot of people that they're either one thing or the other, they either have been traditionally published and they don't really navigate in the or teeter in the the self-publishing space, or some of them are starting to get into that space now, or either they've been self-publishing and they've never had a traditional tra- traditional publisher backing them. But he didn't speak from that place. He spoke from a place of knowledge from both sides, and he gave some really great tips and and feedback on how to navigate either or or both if you want to. And the other thing that I just love about his journey is that he doesn't speak from a place of he has to write this because he is beholden to someone. He writes what he wants because he enjoys it. He writes on his own terms. And that's something that is very freeing, is very... uh, is something that you want as an author, as a writer, excuse me, is to be able to be free enough and creative enough to, to write the way you want to write. 
you know, there was a, one particular comment that he made where a publisher that he was working with wanted him to write, a, you know, specific type of stories. And, you know, he wasn't really feeling it. And now he doesn't have to, you know, and I, I understood where he was coming from because there was a particular publisher that I wanted to write for. I submitted some, some, uh, a storyline for it didn't fit their format because they have a particular way of how they write their story, how they want their authors to write their stories for their audiences. And I don't write in that way. And so, um, I appreciate him giving me the, just letting me know that it's okay to, 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 to write outside the box, to write in the way that you want to write, whether he said it that way or not, that's what I took from it. And I think that he is an amazing thriller author. And quite frankly, all four of these authors are not getting enough shine because, but they are, they, they, I put them in, in a category with some of the best authors and writers, um, you know, across the board, some of the more, some of the, the, the types of authors that we hear about all the time that get recognized all the time. These folks, you know, they deserve all the recognition that they and accolades that they could possibly get because they are writing on a level that is incredible to me. Um, and, uh, so with that said, I, I just want to finish up with, you know, the lesson learned from Brandon is that I feel like he is that quiet storm. He's the quiet storm in my eyes. And to me, you get so much more from him. Um, when you listen to our conversation and he's shared so much with me and I, I just appreciate him for doing so. And he reminded me of the importance of keeping all of my writing exercises in practice, you know, on a constant, frequent, daily basis in order to remain, you know, sharp as a, a, a person at this craft, you know, and he's sharp, like he's putting out two to three pieces, you know, and these are not short books. These are true novels, 300 page novels that he's putting out uh, a year, two to three, I think he said a year. So um, maybe more than that. And he's writing short stories in between that. So um, you can just, just imagine um, how prolific he is as a writer and, you know, how you know, that's something to aspire to as an author as well, as a writer as well, you know? So I thank Mr. Uh, Brandon Massey for blessing the podcast. He is just incredible. And um, I, I, you know, I'm just so thankful that he came on too. And last but not least, I want to finish it up with my most recent guest, Miss KP Carter. Also, her, her full name is Catherine P. Carter, and she goes by the Literacy Whisperer, and she is complete. she is just, she's phenomenal as well. If you have small children that are 
you know, between that age, there are like fourth graders that are in between the age of eight, 12 years old. She's writing these amazing chapter books for, uh, for the youth. And I just completely enjoy, uh, talking with her and learning about her journey and the things that she's doing right now to support young people who, you know, young children, their parents, and providing resources and educational resources, rather, and tools to assist with reading and tutoring because she is a uh, life of uh, a 35-year career, had a 35-year career in education as a, as a, as a teacher herself. And she, she, she told me that her sweet spot was the fourth grade. And so that that really, you know, warmed my heart because I have a fourth grader right now. And so, um, I love her because one of the things that I learned about, learned from her is, is to always create an environment where kids can fall in love with reading. And, you know, it's so easy to, to dismiss reading because so many, so many kids grow up and they, I hate reading. I don't want to read. I don't want to, you know, I was one of those kids, even though I like to write now, I was one of those kids that I wasn't necessarily a strong reader growing up. And it took years and years of practice and, and developing a love for reading in order for me to get to the place where I can write books and things like that. And, I'm raising my my sons now to enjoy and love reading. I have tons of books around the house for them. My husband and I have we have a full library of books that we're we're building our home library so that our children will have these amazing books that um, they can always reference or they they grow up with and they can come back and they say, "Oh, Mama, I love these books when I was growing up. You still have them." And, you know, hopefully one day our children's children will be able to experience these books as well. And so I just love her because she really, really embodies that, you know, the the lifestyle of making sure that um, we are always, you know, trying to learn, being lifelong learners and um, being open to uh, reading and, uh, expanding our knowledge. And I just love that about her. And, you know, the other thing that I, I I love about the way she writes is that she brought me back to my childhood through her books, you know, just reading through her books to prepare for my interview with her. Um, I was thrown literally from the first few pages was thrown into like when I was, uh, maybe like five or six years old and just her description of her the little girl Lizzie B. Hayes in that book at her grandmother's house taking cod liver oil just reminded me of being five years old when my mom used to give me cod liver oil every single night. I remember exactly what it looked like in the little brown bottle in the in the refrigerator and so uh, it just made me sp- smile through the nostalgia and then also all of the other references throughout the book. 
And even though she's telling the story through the eyes of a child that's growing up in, a ni- in 1967, New Jersey, there are still parallels of my life, ch- childhood life growing up in the 80s in North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, to be exact. And it's interesting because she tells it during a time that was a, a period in uh, New Jersey uh, Newark, New Jersey, that was going through a racial racial tension during that, that particular moment in time. And it's interesting that I, I grew up in a city that where the uh, World War sit-in uh, took place. And so the connections that we have, and now she lives in North Carolina, you know, about an hour and a half away from my hometown of Greensboro, it just amazed me of, you know, the, a lot of the parallels that, and connection that we have as, as writers, as um, our roots and, and where we come from and where we're living now. And so, and how the story connects us. And um, yeah, I think, she, you know, she, she brings the, this wonderful element of writing stories that I think not only Uh, I love, but, you know, or other adults will love for their children, but their children will love them too for years to come. I think her books have this classic feel that will remain and and stay with readers, you know, like I said, for years to come. These are the types of books that people reflect on and they, they call out, oh, what was your favorite book growing up? And they, you know, I can easily see someone saying, oh, I read this book called Summertime, uh, Summertime Fun with Lizzie B. Hayes. And it was by, mm, what was that, that author's name? Oh, I think I know. Her name was K.P. Carter. And that's the kind of, you know, I just think that that's the kind of um, legacy that she's leaving behind. And I, I just love it. I love what all of these people uh, left me with and the things that I've learned from them all. And so I hope uh, that you will take a moment, you know, to, or some time to go back and listen to or watch. Like I said, you can listen on any of the streaming platforms or watch on YouTube, my Creative Calvary page, episode 5, 7, 13, and 15, where you'll find each of these authors respectively. So I just want to say thank you for checking that out. And before we go, I would like to express a few things that um, since we are in Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, you know, each year in the United States, according to uh, CDC.gov, each year in the United States, about 264,000 women get breast cancer and about 42,000 women die from the disease. Also, about one in every 100 breast cancer diagnoses, diagnoses in the United States is found in a man. And early detection is critical for the ability to successfully treat breast cancer. So if you're the age of 40 or older, please prioritize getting your annual mammogram, particularly if you have a history of breast cancer in your family. I just want to say that, you know, I've had, you know, breast cancer affected, you know, 
number of my family members. And I know that across the board, those of you are listening may or may have family members may have been, you know, affected by breast cancer or have family members that have been affected by breast cancer. And I just want to acknowledge you all and let you know that I love you. And I send you virtual hugs from afar. And then I also ask if you are, um, would like to rock one of the, my brand, uh, branded breast cancer awareness t-shirts. I have the, my, uh, kiss my pink, uh, t-shirts, excuse me, actually, yes, t-shirts and, um, hoodies since it's hoodie season. Um, please check them out on my website at www.creativecalfaray.com forward slash shop. And, you know, rock, rock the hoodie with a purpose. You know, I, I made these hoodies and these t-shirts to, uh, represent something positive, which is to motivate, aspire, inspire my readers and beyond to live their lives with purpose, intention, and full of passion and to, you know, at least inspire, motivate at least one person to aspire to their greatness and inspire many along the way. And that's what, you know, that's what this means. And, you know, I just hope that if you do choose to pick up one of my branded merchandise, um, pieces of merchandise, just rock it with pride and, and tag me and let me know that you, you're kicking it because you know, I appreciate it. And I'm sure that it will, you know, make someone else feel good too. And, you know, we can all use a lot of, a a little bit more positivity in the world, if not a lot. So I thank you guys for joining me today and excuse me for the the hiccups here and there. Um, but thank you for tuning in. (laughs) And as we wrap up, I just want to let you know that the next segment is the little bit of Prince history as we close out the this episode. So check out the Prince history before you go. All right, everyone. Before we go, you all know I love to share a little bit of Prince history. Um, Prince was probably one of my favorite, favorite artists of all time. Um, Huge Prince fan, have been since I was a kid. And so I'd like to dedicate a little bit of the podcast to him and his memory and share a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of his history on each, each episode. So with that being said, on October 19th, 1979, Prince released his sophomore album entitled Prince, and it contained the number one R&B hit, I Want to Be Your Lover. And the original version of I Feel For You, which if you all know that song, I Feel For You, then you know it was later a major hit for... uh, R&B singer Shaka Khan and it's his first album certified platinum for sales over 1 million so I think it's just amazing that you know 
that occurred on this particular day. And, you know, it is literally uh, October 19th to the day. And it is just amazing that, you know, it's been 43 years since that song was released. Um, since that album was released and here we are 43 years later and talking about it on this podcast episode today. So I want to say the Prince song of the week is going to be, I want to be your lover from that album. And if you got it, then you need to crank it up today and really show Prince some love, show the Prince uh, album some love this to today since it's um, forty years forty three years old today and um, yeah I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's Prince history and I'll as always I'll be back with another one for next time thank you guys for listening. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. I hope you enjoyed it. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope that you will also take a moment to check out my website, www.creativecalfrey.com, where you can find more information about me, my books, my merchandise, and more. Also, while you're there, I hope you you will sign up for my newsletter by subscribing. If you also want to receive exclusive content and merchandise that pertains to this podcast, please sign up for my Patreon page by becoming a member. And finally, if you really enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider sharing with your friends and family. I appreciate it and they deserve to get this great information too. So until we meet again, I'll see you next time. Bye.